another episode of the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. And we're here to break down the first three games of the season for you guys. We do have some Bulls basketball finally in our lives, so let's all just take a second, take a breath before we get into this thing and just celebrate that. I am so excited, Trey, to have NBA basketball back in my life, man. It's like it, my life has had such a hole in it, and now it's it's filmed. Yeah, every every year it just it comes sooner. It seems to come, you know, more and more quickly. But to have the Bulls already be out playing good teams, and it's hard to find a bad team with as much talent around the league. But just seeing the Bulls out there in the regular season games that matter, it's it's nice to watch the games that have the stakes. Yeah, um, yeah, preseason and summer league don't exactly match this, obviously. And you talk about international play. It's just not the same. But, yeah, once the NBA season starts, it's like, all right, we're actually in go mode. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of interesting storylines around the league, Trey. Uh, and, you know, we could definitely talk about all those. But this is a Bulls podcast, so we are going to stick with the Bulls. Um, just kind of overall thoughts here. Uh, and if you guys are just, you know, tuning in and listening and, and you're like, where have Keith and Trey been after every game this season? We're not going to be doing post games after every single game I'd love to. Um, but uh, both of our schedules are just a little bit too prohibitive for that. So we are going to just find time every week to try to get together and uh, and talk about the Bulls. So, uh, but we'll have more time to digest it, right, Trey? I, I think the I think the goal we have is at least once a week, me and you want to sit. We want to sit down and just get to talk Bulls because we love the team. We're watching yeah. the games and we want to talk about what's going on. And like you said, being able to have a bigger a bigger picture, a, a bigger look, outlook on things. Like if we'd recorded after that Cleveland game the other night, I would have, ju- you know, I would have just been beaten down and I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have had as much insight as it just would have been emotion. And while I'm not saying we aren't going to do some post games here and there yeah. throughout the season when the schedules align, but think of those as little bonus treats and the, the weekly pod is, is what we're gearing towards. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a uh, good to have a long view here. So the bulls are one and two. Uh, let's not bury the lead here. Bulls are one and two. Um, I wouldn't say – I guess let's start off with this, Trey. On a scale of like one to ten, where are you with being satisfied with the Bulls' start to the season? A three and a half? Yeah. I was going to say five is a, If five is average, yeah. I, I'd say three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like four. Um, you know, I think just kind of generally speaking just about the team as a whole, I'm pleased with the, the effort. I thought that the efforts there, um, you know, it's 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 a lot of the same as, as stuff as last year, I feel like. So there's nothing that's really surprising us. There wasn't really going to be anything that did surprise us. There are some good things. There are some bad things. And we'll definitely get into those specifics. But I feel like the efforts there, I just feel like, um, you know, we're missing some key pieces, obviously, with Lonzo and, and with Zach. And so, I mean, just, just on that topic, let's just talk about Zach Levine's knee. I mean, you know, obviously, since the first two games of the season, and that's obviously not not ideal. Um it, Billy Donovan's comments, though, are kind of interesting and kind of troubling at the same time because he had said that they hadn't planned for Zach Levine to sit the, the beginning of the season. And so that makes me think, you know, obviously something flared up, right? And he had to sit those first two games. And that's got to be a little concerning, Trey. Yeah. All the reports were they had some pretty rough practice. You know, they went hard in practice, and that seemed to be when it flared up. And with Zach signing the max contract with wanting to get – the, the Bulls, after last season, their goal is to get going into the playoffs. They want to be as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they are just going to err on the extreme side of caution with Zach. I think going into the year, 
I, I, we'd all pretty resigned ourselves to Zach wasn't going to play back to back. She wasn't going to play both of them, most likely. So him missing that second game, I wasn't as, you know, that didn't bother me. But it, it was just, it was a rea- it was like a cold dose of water on opening opening day for us because we were so excited to have everything back. He, the comments he had made about how fresh he felt, we were all just kind of expecting to be minus Lonzo, but kind of going in at full strength and to have that drop the day of, it was just like, oh man, this is something we're going to have to worry about all year long with him. Yeah, we already discussed Lonzo, and this is just kind of like, like you said, kind of just piling on for Bulls fans. You know, it's a, it's a real bummer. Um, just a real downer. But, uh, you know, we saw him in that Cleveland game. I thought he looked good, Trey, in that Cleveland game. So, you know, I'm not, like, overly concerned about long-term health, honestly, at this point. Um, you know, we said before on a scale, like, 1 to 10 with Lonzo, we're, like, both at, like, a 9 at this point with his knee, uh, maybe even a 10, just being concerned, you know, as to whether or not long-term this guy has issues. But for Zach, I, feel, I think I feel a little bit differently. I think they are playing it a little cautiously here. Uh, and, you know, he looked good in that, in that Cleveland game. I thought 23 points on nine of 17 shooting four assists, three rebounds, uh, two steals. Also, he was active on both ends of the floor. Um, still is kind of, kind of a pain to watch this guy on, on the help defense sometimes, but uh, everything that Zach does well, I felt like he did well in this game. So, um, you know, long-term, I mean, are you seeing the same thing long-term as I am? Yeah, 100%. I think Zach, it, he looked, he looked fluid. He looked, yeah. He didn't look hesitant. He didn't look to be second guessing, yeah. you know, wh- where he wanted to move. It wasn't like when Derrick Rose came back from the injury, right. and you you could just tell he wasn't he wasn't sure of the knee. Zach looks right. fine when he's out there, so that was encouraging. And as, as disappointing as the game was, I think if you if I had to pick one team in the league that the Bulls matched up the worst against, it's the yeah. Cavaliers. So we. To, you have to keep that perspective, and so it it was such a disappointing loss, but at least Zach was a bright spot against a team that we really don't match up well against. Well, it was a bummer, you know, the league scheduled us on a, uh, obviously, second half of a back-to-back against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we had to go from D.C. to Chicago. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't set up very well for the Bulls. You know, I was expecting the Bulls to lose this one. Still a bit of a disappointment that they didn't have a little bit more fight and, and keep it a little closer, but... You could just tell they were a step slow uh, on any rotation on defense. Um, just tired, just tired legs. The Bulls lost this game by not putting the Wizards away early because yeah. the Bulls are the better team. They should they should have went into D.C., yeah. won that game, won it, you know, not easily, but, you know, they should have taken care of business instead of going down by 17 points to the Wizards and having to claw their way back to, yeah. for DeMar just to have a chance. They had to use so much energy on night one that they they didn't have a chance at night two, and it was it was a terrible way to start the season. I'm just thankful that they were able to beat the Heat, and it's not an 0 and three start because yeah. then just oh easily, every everything would just, you know the the sky would be falling at that point. Yeah, it could have easily yeah it could easily be 0 and three, but it, it, you know we were talking before we got on two Trey, it could easily be two and one. If uh, they count that DeMar DeRozan three at the end of that Wizards game, which we'll talk about in a minute here. But stick on the Cavs for a second here. Uh, And you did mention it. I just want to go ahead and echo what you said there and and just kind of put it in my own words. You know, you said Zach Levine, you know, he's not in his own head about that knee. Um, He's willing to take contact. He's willing to go in there and drive. And and there was no hesitation at all. So like you said, if you want a a silver lining here in the Zach Levine situation, that's the one you can take away. But, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that Wizards game. Uh, before we go and talk about the season opener, that Wizards game, uh, I agree with you, Trey. They are the better team. 
Uh, I was fully expecting the Bulls to uh, to win that one. I actually put a bet on them plus 1.5. So, you know, they only had to lose by one point. Of course, they lost by two, so they screwed me. Um, but, you know, it came down to that last second uh, DeMar DeRozan shot. Um, league reviewed it and said that he did get fouled. I I don't know, man. It, it was kind of iffy for me because he does jump forward. He, like, shoots his legs forward quite a bit. So it was a little iffy for me on whether or not you – I mean, the league said he did, so officially that's that's the stance. But I think, you know, like you said, I, I think if you're going back, the Bulls shouldn't have been in that, in that position to begin with. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They should not have. And for me, the contact was pretty early while he was still in the air. It wasn't like it, so it, it wasn't like they met on the floor. He did his their feet connected while DeMar was still in the air. So I would have been okay with the Falcon, but you can't depend on that, and you can't go down 17 to the Wizards. Yeah. What I saw in this game, though, I had written down in my notes that the, the bench unit actually had a really good run in this game or early in the second quarter, and when the starters came back in, that's when the Wizards went on that run, and they were able to to go up 17 and force the Bulls to claw their way back. Part of me wonders, because we saw against the Cavaliers, Billy Donovan ran an all-bench unit. It went to a timeout, and he still brought the all-bench unit back onto the floor. And after the game, he said he was surprised at the fact they weren't able to spark the offense a little bit more. I wonder if he saw what they were able to do against the Wizards and was hoping that would carry over. But to me, I it's, it's hard to have an all-bench unit out there when you don't have a star-type player you know, a star sixth man type who's going to be a one man offense. So yeah. seeing that in, against the Wizards, I, I did notice that the bench had a really good run. Uh-huh. And you always love to see that from your bench, but I don't think that's something the Bulls should depend on going forward. Yeah, I think um, it, it just that kind of ties in really well with like an overall point that I have is that the bench. Um, you know, last season our bench actually, I, I don't know the plus minus off the top of my head, but the bench was not good. And this season, I think we've got a good bench uh, for just kind of keeping the game close. You know, it's not going to be like a drastically negative bench. It's going to be a bench that can hold their own. I think you have a, you have to give a lot of credit here to Gordon Dragic, who I kind of tore into in the preseason. He said he didn't look very good. Um, I think he's looked very good uh, so far in these first three games. Andre Drummond, uh, you get what you you get what you pay for. You know, I think he he's brought to the table everything that we thought he was going to bring, um, which is going to be you know rebounding. Uh, a big body that is going to be tough for other teams to handle um, struggles on offense. He's not very good when he's in the you know screen and roll, catching the ball in traffic and making a move, uh, you know, when there's defenders around him, he has an issue with that, but uh, that's something he's had an issue with his whole career. So it's not like any, it's anything new. Um, so, you know, he, he's as advertised, I would say for Andrew Drummond, but it's definitely something that we didn't have last year with Tony Bradley be, being the backup center. So, um, so I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I think that bench unit's been good. And you mentioned, you know, we were looking at this team on paper in the, in the offseason. I remember Trey, and we were saying, uh, I think it was maybe the episode with brother Brandon on, but uh, we were saying that, you know, who, where's the scoring going to come from in the second unit? You know, where, where's our bench scoring at? 
because you've got guys like Caruso, you've got guys like Derek Jones Jr., you've got guys like, uh, again, Drummond, you know, the guys that are solid, solid role players, but they're not the guys that are you know, going to go get you a bucket. Um, and, you know, I've been impressed with Kobe White so far. I think he could play that role for us, but um, but no, probably not. So, like, who, who is that bench scorer for the Bulls, Trey, uh, you know, in your opinion? I mean, are we are we ready to just get into the Patrick Williams? Yeah. Not co- not. That's off. where I was going. That's where I, I was don't going. want him to come <laughs> off the bench. So. Right. I think, th- and we 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 didn't talk about the Heat game. It was it was a great matchup. It was nice to see the Bulls get that win over a team that they've struggled against. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, that's that's one game. It was the first game. I I didn't take a lot away from it. But to to get into it now, Patrick Williams has struggled the the first three games. Even even the biggest supporters like myself, you watch him and and uh, see whatever the the dude Fred his name is on Twitter. I can't remember what his little catchy oh, hand. Oh, Fred. Yeah. yeah, he calls him standstill because he Stand he does he, he he stands and stretches stretches the floor and he does have a quick three point shot. It, it is a, an effective he is an effective stretch, but he doesn't cut. He doesn't move. And he said multiple times, it's hard playing beside stars. It's hard playing beside these guys. To me, Patrick Williams, you draft him because you need someone to guard Giannis. You need someone to guard Tatum. You you need someone down the stretch who can guard these amazing guys who can handle the ball, get to the rim, and they're 6'10 plus. So I, I want to see him continue to start, but I like the I like the quick yank with Jamonte. And then when you run those all bench units, don't have Zach in, don't have Demario in. Have Patrick Williams in and tell him tell him he's the star. You're the star of the show, like he is in preseason, like he is right. in you know, and just force him force him to have the ball. That's what I would like to see, and I think that's how you maximize him. And maybe to get through to his head, you tell him when you're in with Zach and Demar, you're not the star on offense, but mother or. <laughs> I'll censor myself there. You need to be the star on defense. You need Close to be there, the yeah. guy who's making the highlight plays. You need to be the guy who is running the he's show capable. on the defensive end because he is capable. And I think he seems – it seems to be a lot of mental hurdles with him getting over, oh, I'm playing beside stars. So frame it as in you're the star on this end. This is where you shine. And then get him by himself on the offensive end and then shine there because clearly it's not working. Um, and I'm going to take a money here, guys. I'm going to go ahead and plug our DFS pass. If you guys aren't already signed up for our DFS pass, we're absolutely crushing it, man. We get those, you know, those little fire marks, those little fire symbols you see on DraftKings. We get those all the time with the players that we pick. So you're going to got to get in there and take advantage of that. If you guys are DFS players, um, go to sportsethos.com, sign up for that DFS pass. You'll get access to myself and some other pros for Sports Ethos. And uh, we're going to help you win some money, man. So go get that. We, have, we also have the wager pass. And the Fantasy Pass, which are all included in the Ethos 360 Pass, which uh, you can definitely go get now. And uh, so go get that. Go win all your leagues. You know, we know basketball. I, I'm telling you right now, there are some very, very smart people in there. Uh, and the only way to get access to those guys is to go sign up. But uh, speaking of smart people, Trey, I think you're you're a smart guy also, especially when it comes to Patrick Williams. I, I agree, man. I think – and my brother did say uh, – so I got to give him some credit because, uh, you know, I mentioned on the show – we had an argument, and you know, I said, "Hey, Patrick Williams isn't that guy that's going to go out there and get a bucket." I still think that he's not right now in this point at this point in time. The guy that's going to go out there and say, "You know, hey, you're the star, go get us a bucket." He's going to do it efficiently. But you know, if you're looking for a way to to help him grow and to help him become that guy, 
Um, that's the only way you're going to do it, man. It's trial by fire. Get in there and make him be that guy. And, you know, if he fails miserably, he fails miserably. But, you know, like I said before, uh, I think last show, we need to know what we have in Patrick Williams. So you got to put him in those positions and you got to challenge him. Right now, he's not being challenged. Right now, there's really nothing expected of him. So I think you really hit on something there. I, the fear of failure because of the expectations of this team. I think Patrick Williams is very aware of the Bulls' accelerated timeline from when he was drafted to trading trading for Vooch, trading for DeMar, getting thrust into contention. He hasn't gotten the reps to play, and I think part of him is hesitant just because he wants he wants to be in the right place at the right time, and he doesn't want to screw things up. And part of learning is screwing things up. It, yeah. Also, I he's the number four pick, and I, I've seen a lot on Twitter – about how you need to have higher expectations for him because he's the number four pick. If you look at that draft class, at the time, LaMelo wasn't even considered a star by a lot of people. It was considered the worst draft class in quite a while. And so to have the number four pick in that draft class is the equivalent of, say, the 9-10 pick in these last few draft classes. So don't think of him as a top five pick. Just think of him as a like a lottery pick who needs – to, he he needs to find his role and to excel in that role. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, I, again, I still have high hopes for Patrick Williams. I think he can be um, – I really would like him to be that defensive star that you're talking about, especially in that, in that first unit. He needs to be because, um, you know, you got guys like Zach Levine there. you got guys like DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, if you're just watching as a casual fan, and you're then you're usually watching the basketball. And if you're watching their on-ball defense – you're not going to notice their deficiencies, but if you watch them when the ball's not in the you know player that they're defending, when it's not in their hands, uh, and you see what they do, you see that the lapses that they make, the ways that they you know are beat because they don't have their head turned the right way, they don't have their body turned the right way, um, you know they don't know how to <clears throat> rotate to the guy that gets beat. Um, these are things that you know you watch if you've watched a lot of basketball and you see Demar Rosen, you see Zach Levine. These are very, very talented players, and I'm not saying that they're bad players in any way. I'm just saying that they have a deficiency here where if Patrick Williams could uh, be that athletic guy on the defensive end, he could make up for those, those deficiencies. So uh, I not, not, him, even, so. not even athletic. So you, you see a lot of times the really good defenses, they pre-rotate, they scramble and they are able to, they are able to converge on guys. I want Patrick Williams to be the, the quarter, the, the quarterback of the defense, calling out rotations, making guys, you know, rotating guys around making sure teams aren't getting these wide open three pointers because that's what's killing the bulls They're they're not coming in disciplined at the start of games. And it seems like they just continually to continuous, continuously give up open three point shots, like in the first quarter of, of games. And then, you know, they tighten the screws, but once you give up six, three pointers in the first quarter, you know, you're already, you've dug yourself such a hole. So to me, I want to see Patrick Williams just, I want him to be, everything on that end i i know it's it's high expectations but i i think he could do it i think with his athleticism and with his ability to be so aware of everyone else on the court use that to your advantage if you're if you're that conscious of where everyone else is put that to use um can i talk a minute and deal uh, let me talk a minute about deal and terry because you know obviously i was big in this guy coming into the season he hasn't played a whole lot he played for about maybe last five minutes of last game because uh, it was a blowout. But I did, I don't know if you were watching when it was totally out of reach there, Trey, but uh, he came into the game and almost immediately had a pass that was kind of like over the shoulder, uh, you know, hook pass 
to uh, I, I want to say it was it was Patrick Williams. It was somebody for a three point shot, and it was just so beautiful to see. I, I really want to see this kid get some more minutes, man. I want to see him get into the rotation, especially when we have games like the Cleveland Cavaliers game where we're just getting our, our butts handed to us. Like, why not, man? Throw this guy in there and let's see what he's got. He had a spark in the in this preseason when we were down big in that first game. So I'd like to see it again in the in the regular season. Um, any reason that you think that, you know, Billy Donovan doesn't want to play him, Trey? Because, again, I just think, like, especially in situations like that where it's like, okay, this is probably a scheduled loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, why not just throw him out there and, and see what he does? I think early on, it's not he doesn't want to play Dale and Terry. I think it's the Bulls have so many other players they that he just they, they have the skins on the wall compared to Dale. They've been in the league. They, you know, who's he going to play? Over? Like, who, who, who would you have him start playing them over at the start of the season? I don't like well, I, for me, that's the struggle. Yeah, I mean Kobe White for me probably, but I mean Kobe's been good. Like, don't get me wrong. Let's let's talk about right. Kobe. And, he, and he's yeah. and he's really the only the only one shooting the ball with with any threat. Right. Caruso, do you have any confidence when Caruso or Javante Green square up from three point land? Because I don't. Not right now. Not right. Kobe White. Javante shoots. I I think it has a good. Ch- I think it has a chance to go in. Yeah. Um, Javante had a, an incredible preseason shooting. Um, but you know, small sample size and all that. Uh, I think just in general, when Javante shoots it, you, you're just hoping that he, you know, makes one out of three or something like that. But but uh, that's kind of my point is all of yeah. these guys, we we want to see what they bring in the regular season. And when you start to see the cracks, that's when Dale and Terry can come in and fill them. And honestly, right now, that's Patrick Williams. We yeah. need that's Patrick Williams and playmaking. That's something that both things Dale and Terry can fix. I think. The Bulls struggle with with playmaking and playmaking, their yes. offense their offense stagnates you know constantly and if you can get that from the small forward or power forward position whatever whatever you would call it the Patrick for the Patrick Williams position yeah. maybe Dale and Terry steals five six minutes a game from him yeah and I think that's definitely possible I think that's something you could see as the as the season goes on if Patrick Williams doesn't shape up and, and play a little bit better. Um, or if he doesn't just find that role and find his his groove here with the team, uh, I think you could see Dale and Terry infringe on his minutes a little bit. So um, that's possible. Um, but you want to talk, you know, you you admit you did message me during the Wizards game that you thought that the defense looked rough, and we can talk about that. I um, overall, I actually think the defense has been average. I mean, I think it's been okay. I think it's been serviceable, honestly. Um, I think we've done a good job creating turnovers on the defensive end. And I've liked the hustle that I've seen. I've liked actually the rotations that I've seen in general. I think the one thing that that's been difficult to watch so far this season has been how wide open bulls, you know, the bulls tend to leave shooters. And like, there's no awareness about who the shooters on the other team are because, you know, you and I can watch it and say, you know, oh, that's Kevin Love out there who's hit three three-pointers already. Why don't you go out there, you idiot, and put a hand in his face? Uh, but it doesn't seem to, like, register for the Bulls for whatever reason. And then I was watching Zach Levine play. I think it was that game. I was watching him play where he was, like, had been switched in transition onto Kevin Love, I think it was. And then he just kind of ran away from Kevin Love. Just, like, you know, went back to his guy. And, you know, maybe he thought someone was behind him, was going to go take Kevin Love. I don't know what he thought. And, of course, uh, Kevin Love squares up and hits a wide-open three. So, um, stuff like that kind of irks me on the defensive end. But I actually think it's been pretty serviceable this year. And you mentioned it before, though, Trey, that offense this season. I, I think it's been – when DeMar DeRozan hasn't looked heroic – it's looked worrisome to me. 
Do you, is that do you agree with that assessment? I do, and I think they've done a decent job of trying to to run some actions to get other guys involved in say the first eight seconds of the shot clock before deferring to Demar or or now Zach that he's back. But to me, it's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like full-on set plays running through. It's just a lot of actions here and there. Whereas other teams, you see them run run pl- a lot of like full-on play sets, like the Spain pick and roll with or the horns, uh, the horns they love to run in Golden State. There's just a lot of things I see in other places that the Bulls don't seem to do. And I think there is a big lack of creativity on the offensive end. And part of that might be we, the Bulls kind of lack when it comes to, to top shelf playmaking. Io, he's a he's a great he's a great passer. He's got pretty good awareness. Like he'll dribble into guys and then so he's blocking he'll dribble into the defender so he's blocking him and then shovel off a pass to a wide open three pointer. But he's not getting guys open. We don't have guys who pass people open. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem with this team. But I also don't think Billy Donovan is running a lot of things that are putting our above average playmakers in positions to try and do those things. Yeah, it seems like it's a chore um, for Zach or for DeMar to get to get their shot, which is really unfortunate. Um, one guy that I have liked what he's done in the offense that we've been running and, and, and just in general so far this season is, is Nikola Vucevic. I think he's had a good season so far. Uh, that first game was uh, tough because it was like, oh, man, here we go again. He missed a lot of you know shots that he would normally make, uh, which was which was just the storyline last season. But, you know, on a single game basis, that happens to every player in the league. So I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, I think he went like 0 for 6 from three-point line or something or 1 for 6 or something like that in that game. But in general, I've really liked the way that he's kind of fit into, you know, his spots and, and, and found his – um, found his offense in the flow of the offense, not having to take, you know, uh, shots away from, from DeMar and, and Zach or, or anyone else. Um, one thing that we do struggle with with Vooch still is getting him the ball in the post for whatever reason when he has a mismatch and everyone in the and the court can see it and we're telegraphing and, like, we don't – we try to just throw it and, and it, it ends up a turnover all the time. I don't, I don't know if any other team in the league has that issue, Trey. <laughs> Again, it's the Bulls have a lack of a- – a top tier playmaker. We don't have someone that we can get in those actions with Vooch. So we know he's the one passing the ball. You know, we don't have a Luca or like even a Chris Paul or the Knicks Brunson. Uh, I I was critical of bringing him in, but you've seen it already with the Knicks. He puts guys in positions to succeed in ways that just no one on the bulls is doing. So uh, another thing I, I, I hate to pile on Patrick Williams, but (laughs) Vooch getting the ball. I think he is an above average playmaker. I think if we could have some activity around him, that's that's an area where we might be able to benefit on the offensive end. And that does require guys to move and cut and to, you know, off ball screens. So maybe Billy Donovan could draw some stuff up and, you know, get guys going that way. Um, yeah. You, OK, you mentioned Nile a few times. So let's talk about Nile. I absolutely love um, when I saw this guy in the preseason, game one was was super. I think he had 17 points or so in game one. Um, you know, and you did mention it. I think that's the one thing that I was concerned about. You did a good job, you know, putting words to it that I can steal and use as my own. So thanks for that. Um, but uh, he's not, just not a playmaker, right? He's not a guy that's going to go get 
get a bucket for somebody else. He's not a guy that teams are going to have to hone in on. Yeah, he had 17 points, four, four assists, six rebounds in the first game. Just an incredible game, 7 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. The thing that I've loved to see out of Io so far this season, though, and the same thing from the preseason, is his ability to catch and shoot the catch and shoot the three point shot and to pull up off the dribble uh, off of screen actions or even just off of you know a, a defender cheating off of him he will rise up with confidence and take that jump shot so uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of IO again I you know I think he's a serviceable starting point guard as long as he's improved in those two two things. Um, but I, I, you know, as you said, just not a playmaker, uh, we need playmakers on the floor. Uh, so, you know, I, I would love to have Lonzo ball back in the starting lineup, obviously, but I think I was going to have a big season, man. Uh, tell me what you've seen out of IO so far. My favorite play I've seen from IO was, uh, I don't remember if he got the rebound or what it was, but he, <clears throat> he's just dribbling the ball up. Vooch is kind of doing the trailer three thing and he just dribbles into two defenders gets them both on his hip and just pivots back almost like he's boxing them out from Vooch on the three point line and just does this little shovel pass after he, after he boxed the two defenders out to give Vooch a wide open three. And that's his, that's his playmaking awareness coming full circle, getting Vooch a wide open three because he saw I can dribble into these two guys, just turn right around and use my body, these long arms to shield Vooch and get him an open shot. I think he's been great in what we've asked him to do. I don't think we put I think he's a I think he's an average playmaker. I think he makes the right reads. I think he attacks closeouts. He's been attacking the rim very aggressively. If they don't close out, he shoots the ball. I think he's making great decisions. Um yeah, he's only I know it's small sample size, but he's it's less than a turnover a game. He takes care of the ball. Uh yeah, I love yeah, what he offers. I just, again, he's an average playmaker who is not, who's on an offense that doesn't run, you know, a lot of plays and has a lot of isolation to it. So you're not, he's not going to develop those in this offense. Those lack of turnovers are actually telling because not only, and it does, it is good. It means he's making good decisions with the basketball. So it's, it's overall good. Don't get me wrong. But it also means, Trey, that he's not taking risks with the, with his playmaking. And as you said, you know, it's just he's not a playmaker, so you don't expect him to. But he's not getting into those teams and, you know, getting defenders drawn to him to make those passes difficult. So he's taking the easy passes, which, you know, I don't mind. Again, serviceable at that point guard position. I'm actually looking at ESPN and the box scores right now, and it's pretty interesting to me. They've got both Jusumu and uh, Caruso listed as shooting guards. So for our starting lineup, they've got shooting guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, which uh, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, and uh, I think there might be one other person, one or two other people that we want to talk about on, you know, on the team. But um, do you think that there's going to be, you know, some kind of starting lineup shakeup? I mean, you know, maybe it's Patrick Williams going to the bench. Maybe it's um, instead of Caruso starting, maybe we start Goran Dragic. She's more of a playmaker, more of a point guard. Uh, you know, he's had a good season. I mean, he's not going to play 30 plus minutes, but maybe he starts so that we can get these, you know, these starters a little bit more stabilized because, as you said, I think the stars have been the problem so far this season. So, um, I mean, what do you think? What are the chances we see a, a lineup shift here? In the game, Zach doesn't start. I think we'll keep seeing – I think we'll continue to see Caruso, mostly because I think uh, Goron's going to finish games. And that seems to be a consistent theme throughout the first three is 
they he Billy Donovan seems to lean on that three guard lineup. He loves Goran's ability to to play make make the right decision. We do have the playmaker. It's Goran. That's the guy on the team that can do that is the playmaker. Yeah. I I don't know how been. I forgot about I <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about him earlier. My apologies. I know I can't say his last name. Yeah. I also forgot about him with his playmaking skills. Yes, the dragon. He he's what we need in the in the playmaking department. He's just he he can't offer anything else at this at this stage. But I don't think he I don't think he's a starter for me. But maybe I I do you think Patrick Williams goes to the bench? I think if he play continues to play like this, I think he does. I think there I think there's going to be a lot of pressure um, to make a shift in the starting lineup. I really don't see, you know, you're not going to sit DeRozan, obviously. That'd be insanity. You're not going to sit Vooch. That'd be insanity also. Uh, you could trade Vooch for somebody that's maybe a more of a playmaker and, and, and start Drummond. I'd be okay with that. I've said that before. Um, you know, you're not going to sit, <laughs> you're not going to sit uh, Zach Levine. So, you know, what? what's the, you know, if Patrick Williams – is an issue in the Bulls, you know, let's say they're, I don't know, two and six or something in eight, you know, eight games into the season. There's got to be some kind of shift there. There's got to be some kind of lineup shift. And I think that Patrick Williams is the, is the clear answer to me. I mean, do you disagree? I don't. And I think Patrick Williams' comments about how he's tentative with the starters, I think that just gives Billy Donovan an easy out if he does make that change. So, Say they are two and six or whatever the case is, and they just Billy Donovan says I got to shake things up. It's easy to go to the media and be like, look, obviously we need we need to do something a little different. Javante Green and Patrick Williams are both excellent players. Javante played excellent in the preseason, and Patrick has said he he likes he likes to be the guy on offense. So what we're going to do is we're going to give him that option, and just you know kind of frame it that way. And so. I think given how easy it is to spin it positively, you're right. It is something that's very easily on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, again, the Bulls are struggling from the three-point line this, line this season. I'm actually looking at that right now. 36.1% in the first game, which is, you know, decent average. Then you go 20, then you have 25.9% in the second game, and then you have 24.1% in the third game. Um, outside of Io and Zach Levine, it's been, you know, again, this is, an, you know, when you, when you watch people shoot threes on this team, I have no confidence they're going to make those shots. And I think Iowa's done a great job working on that. I, I Again, I think he's better suited as a shooting guard than a point guard, so I hope he can get there at some point in his career. Um, but, I, I mean, do the Bulls need to add more shooters, or is, is it a problem? Is, is this a problem? Is this a problem for the Bulls, or do you think this is just a small sample size the Bulls are just unlucky. I mean, they're getting open shots, if you watch. It's just they're just not falling. So what do you think, Trey? I mean, if you get more shooting, what are who are you removing? Who are you sacrificing to get the shooting? To I'd love to say yes, but Zach just came back against again, a Cleveland team that I don't think the Bulls are suited for. I'd like to see a little more sample size with Zach, who is our best three point shooter, both, you know, catch and shoot and off the dribble. Well, maybe Lonzo. I will throw Lonzo out there. Maybe. Yeah. I, not not maybe. off the dribble. Off the dribble, Zach. But if you're talking about standstill three, I would say Lonzo. Right. Lonzo is up there. But he, he is the big three-point threat. And as much as I love DeMar, Zach seems to be the guy who does a better job of cr- – of creating three point attempts. I'd, I'd have to look up the analytics on that. I don't, that's not something I know for sure. It just seems from the eye test, 
that creates more three-point attempts for others. So I'd like to see how that goes, but Zach, um, I like Kobe White when he shoots. I feel confident in it for him. I feel confident in Patrick Williams as long as it's not super rushed. I, I do feel confident when he shoots the ball. I just wish he would do it more. Yeah. And, and Vooch, you know, half the time I feel pretty good about it. But the rest <laughs> of them, it's, it's a, oh, man, hope that goes in kind yeah. of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, know, um, I don't know if it's a problem necessarily. I know the Bulls were one of the best shooting teams in the league last season on low volume. Um, through the first three games, he shot 36 in the first game, 27 in the second game, and 27 in the third game also. That still seems like low volume. I know I was watching, I've watched the first Lakers games, and I'm actually laughing to myself right now because they just lost to the Portland Trailblazers for their third loss of the, of the end season. So that makes me a little bit happy. Um, but I know the Lakers had shot about 41 or something like that per game through their first two. And, uh, you know, maybe they shot about 40 tonight. I don't know. Um, but I just feel like that's, you know, again, that's low volume. So not a whole lot of three pointers. I still feel like it's something that we can address. Uh, with a bit of a personnel change. I don't have an answer for you as far as like who are we getting rid of to add shooting. Um, you know, I think I think there are some players I'd be fine with. I know you shook your head about the Vooch thing. Um, you know, I love Vooch again. I just don't love his fit with what we have on the team. And I think he's done a great job adjusting. I think it speaks volumes to him as a professional and as a, a just a fantastic basketball player to be able to find his opportunities. But I'm still of the mindset that I'd rather see a different profile center uh, start for the Bulls. I don't want it to be Andre Drummond. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think Drummond's a starting level center. But I think if you, you know, get a team that uh, is decent, you know, you get four people that are, you know, three stars and, and a guy that's like a borderline star, and you have Drummond as your fifth starter, I think that's, you know, doable. That's workable. I think you can do that in today's NBA because the center position is a little bit, uh, I don't want to say it's not important, but you know, having someone that's offensively talented at center position isn't a, isn't a necessity. Uh, we saw, you know, the teams that are in the finals last season. So, um, but that's just my, you know, my take. I don't think that's like set in stone. Did you have something to add to that? I, I was going to say so far, again, it's small sample sizes. So you mentioned the Lakers shooting so many more threes. They are also, they also have 12 more possessions per game. They're averaging 112 possessions per game, second in the league. Uh, Chicago's at 100.5 towards the bot 23rd bottom of the league. The last is Philadelphia with 97. So mm-hmm. Chicago, they're they're playing at a slow, you know, one of the slower paces of, of in the league. So maybe not having the total number. I don't know what the percentage, what a good percentage of our three point shots would be. To me, it's just you got to knock down the open ones. I don't. I don't care how many you shoot as long as you're making the ones you shoot. If you can if you can knock down 40% of your shots, I don't care if you're not ta- if you're not taking, you know, two or three extra ones per game because Demar and Zach are so good in the mid-range game because Vooch does have such a good post game. I believe in this team to score inside the arc. I just need them to score consistently outside the arc. Yeah. Um well put, well put. I want to go ahead and just shout out here um, you know, if you guys are betting props here, maybe you want to bet the unders uh, for the Bulls on three-pointers. I don't know. Uh, but Thrive Fantasy, you guys should go there and sign up right now, thrivefantasy.com. Uh, prop up with Thrive Fantasy, man. They're, they're awesome. They have player props, uh, player prop lobby where you can choose your, your props. You can do two, three, four, or five uh, player prop plays, and they pay a whole bunch of money if you do those five and you, you happen to hit. So uh, go there, use code ETHOS when you sign up, and you'll get your first deposit matched. 
Uh, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, you know offer here, and you don't want to pass up on that. So go to fivefantasy.com, sign up, put code ethos as your promo code, and uh, get to win it, man. Go get to winning that money. Uh, you know, I love to bet Bulls games props because uh, whether or not they they win or lose, I still get a chance to to cheer for something. So, um, you know, I, I I agree though, Trey. You know, it's not about how many; it's about getting the right shots. I do feel like the Bulls are like they're not forcing three point shots, so that's good. Um, I still think I, I don't know. I'm still I still think that I, I have to wrap my mind around exactly what's out there, what the Bulls could do. But I still think that a personal move, a a trade of some sort, uh, would be in order. So I have to look. Maybe maybe next uh, time we talk, we'll do some uh, potential trade targets out there because I always love talking about that. Everyone loves talking about that. I, I suppose the the question is so say we're looking to upgrade something in the trade market. Mm-hmm. Would you? What what is it you're looking to upgrade? So for that, is it is it three pointers? Are we looking to upgrade shooting, or shooting are we looking? Yeah, shooting. Are so we like, looking I would to upgrade at, playmaking? Are the one guy that keeps popping into my mind. The one guy that keeps popping. The one guy that keeps popping into my mind, and I don't think defense is fine. I, again, I think it's been average, and I think it's always going to be average for this team. Um, but the one thing that keeps popping in my mind, the one name is is Bojan Bogdanovic, who's on the uh, the Pistons right now. And playing out of his mind, just just hitting a lot of shots. And you know, I don't think he's like a high upside guy. I think he's a, an old vet, and he's you know somebody you can get for for kind of cheap. Um, but again, just a walking bucket. And like that's the kind of guy that I'm hoping for. Um, you know, whether or not he comes off the bench or he's in the starting unit, just a, another body that can hit an open jump shot and and can actually do some playmaking. So uh, I'm thinking something along those lines. And like, what do you have to trade to get him? I mean, obviously, you know, Patrick Williams still has tons of value. Um, you know, I'm not trading Patrick Williams straight up for, for Bojan Bogdanovic. That's just a stupid trade. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But, you know, maybe it's something where, you know, you get a couple players or you get uh, maybe a draft pick back or you get um, a third team involved and you get a, a player from them. So, you know, I think Patrick Williams is trade bait still. Obviously, I don't want to trade him, but I think that's something that you have to explore if things continue to, to go the way they are going. Um, I do think that you have some other guys on, on the bench here. Kobe White, obviously, uh, another trade bait guy. He's been in trade talks forever. So, um, you know, these are guys that haven't been contributing necessarily uh, at, at the level they're supposed to in the first, like, three, four seasons they've been with us. So, you know, that's why I'm not, like, like upset about giving up on them. Um, Dalen Terry, it, another thing with a trade, and if you don't – even if you don't get anything back, say we trade – I don't know, Kobe White for second round pick and some peanuts. You open up a spot for Dalen Terry. Now Dalen Terry all of a sudden has a 10 minute, you know, uh, rotation spot until we get healthy again, until Lonzo Ball gets back. And I don't hate that, Trey. I, I'm I'm pretty high on Dalen Terry. So, um, you know, I think there are things that will shift as the season goes on. I don't know how soon that's going to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to solve everything. I just, um, I think it might. That's my opinion. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? I don't disagree. Uh, I would, I'd hate to trade Patrick Williams at his lowest value. As much as, as much as I would love to bring in Bogdanovich, and especially if you could get Bogdanovich and maybe, you know, a top four protected pick back from the Pistons or something, something of that nature. It's just you hate to send him in the division like that, and to a team that already looks to be. Very quickly, very quickly on the uh, on the rise. Yeah. So yeah. I just I don't know that Bogdanovich puts puts this team over the top for me. I just I really got to see what Zach brings. Zach is 
and we, we mentioned it on the last pod, Zach is the guy that all the NBA players swear by. He's the one that that played so well, it got Vooch and it got DeMar, and it has everyone believing in this franchise. So it's hard for me to go against all of that. I just, we need to see that. We need to see him healthy. And that's probably why they're taking it so easy with him, because when the games matter the most at the end of the season, they want him as close to 100%, because so much of his game is about how athletic he is, that he can just do things that other people can't, and it, he makes it look effortless. But Zach is the guy that I'm just, I'm really watching. I need to, I need to see it from him. And yeah, I uh, guess at what point, like, but no, we're not even going to go there this pod. We're going to wait <laughs> and we're going to wait and see how it goes because this team deserves more than three games before you start talking about yeah. Yeah. what you have to have from them. Zach just came back and they looked good beating the Heat. If they would have just beaten the Wizards, we'd be two and one and not feeling as crappy about this team as we do. Yeah, no, definitely. It's <laughs> it's too early, and uh, I agree with you. That was that was the point I was gonna I was trying to jump in and make there. It is too early. Uh, to hit that panic button, just just kind of throwing some thoughts out there just from the three, first three games of the season. The Bulls are one and two, but, you know, I think they can turn these things around. <clears throat> it was a rough start to the season having to face the the Heat and the uh, the Cavaliers. But uh, the East is tough, man. You're, you're not going to get a whole lot of easy weeks here because uh, there's just a lot of good teams out there. So uh, we'll see how the Bulls do, man. But I think that's probably going to do it for us, Trey. I am uh, Keith. You can find me on Twitter. At, at BSBP Keith, at BSBP Keith, and Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter, at Final Finally. And do sh- do follow the show, guys, at Eat Those Bulls. We are always talking bulls. You can always hit us up there. Uh, if you want to come on the show and talk bulls with us, we'd love to talk with you. Uh, if you have something you want to say on, on one of our posts and, and we want to address it on the show, we will. If we do check it, we will address it on the show, I promise you. So, at Eat Those Bulls, that's 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 that's